0: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Monday! Top of the Monday to ya. <sighs> you know, welcome to the show. It's Monday, and Monday after Thanksgiving holiday seems I don't know, horrible. It seems hard. Have you gotten up from your nap yet? I haven't had a nap, and I didn't have a nap Sunday, which throws me off. I usually have a nap on Sunday, but I'm going I'm I'm going without nap. San's nap today. Yeah, I didn't get a nap on Sunday either. And didn't get a nap on Thanksgiving. Nope, I didn't either. Didn't get a nap on the Friday after. Oh, no, I got a big nap that day. <laughs> yeah, that day I got a lot of naps. Pretty much just a nap day. <laughs> but I had a big Thanksgiving. Did you guys have a good Thanksgiving? Mm-hmm. James, did you eat turkey?
1: Yeah, it was great. Fantastic.
0: Turkey, to- Tofurkey?
1: No, it was a real turkey. Yeah, had the real turkey? Yeah, organic. It was great. Really? Yeah. a real organic turkey. organic organic turkey wow from oregon mhm yeah i'm not quite sure where it was from but i i didn't know that they, they were like
2: right. tur- big turkey farm there
0: <laughs> organic hey um did you have all the all the food did you have all the good sides and the did you have everything did you have everything
1: yes i had everything that's the difficult thing i feel on thanksgiving probably the biggest challenge is the plate is never big enough it's never everything. big enough yeah <laughs> i always go with a smaller plate I was Well, that's the thing. There's so much stuff
2: to eat, and you, you gotta only have so much back. space. No, yeah. I, did, I went with a small plate this year, and I got full really quick. Did you really? Yes. Well, do you think it's the plate? You didn't eat the plate, did you? No, I did not eat the plate.
0: <laughs> well, I'm like, how come the plate would make... A- I
2: actually did not eat all the food on my plate, which was only about an eight-inch plate. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. See, I didn't either the first time.
2: <laughs> the first I didn't get any leftovers. My kids ate all the leftovers in my house. Did you make the turkey? I, I I actually brined the turkey. You done wow. brined that turkey? Yes. Did you really? And we had fantastic turkey this year. Uh,
1: Moist from Oregon.
2: Yes. It was great. we had
1: we had two turkeys this year. Yeah, we did two. Yeah, and we did one of them on the grill. We were going to do a rotisserie. Okay. And my brother-in-law was actually making it. And uh, he, fire. Yeah. He free- he accidentally set the grill up to six hundred <laughs> oh, degrees. Man. Yeah, that will that'll burn <laughs> it right up. We pulled it out. It was a just- little.
2: Rotiss- two
0: rotisseries.
2: Oh, yes, it was quite charred.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very but, well done.
0: You you guys are cooks. That's great. Mm-hmm. Not me.
2: Oh, I love, seriously, the best turkey in the world, brine it. You've you got to brine the turkey. Mm. Keeps it
0: moist. Doesn't it taste juicy. like a pickle? No. Not at all. Did uh, So it's juicy because you've been soaking it in brine. Mm-hmm. But Now, we have a lot of brine in the Great Salt Lake. That's true, we do. No, there's a brine shrimp.
2: Okay. That's different
0: Slight difference A little bit <laughs> Hey, uh, the problem my da- is My
2: daughter has those in her be- bedroom now Does she really? She actually She's raising brine shrimp Two days ago bought the old You know, Do you remember mm. seeing the Sea Monkey advertisements? No As a kid in like Mad Magazine No, or... Sea Monkey No Yeah Tell My daughter bought it. Sea Monkeys the other day Really? Yeah I, biggest... Somebody's selling <laughs> Yes It's brine shrimp, shrimp. It's brine... Uh, That's all it is Well, how
0: disappointing
2: That's That's what I told her But she wanted to spend her money And I told her, okay Wow. If you're going to waste your money, go right ahead. Wait till
0: she goes to the South. She thinks they're going to live for two years. Really? hmm Well, they might. I mean, they've, they've probably lived for millions of years. Not each Not those one, two. no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, here's the deal. When you don't make the meal, the, the Thanksgiving meal, you don't get leftovers. Because they do. all, they just grab and go. They just feed you and then they take their no. turkey and they leave. See, I go to my mom's house. Yeah. And
2: my mom loads us up with food to take Does home. Does she really? What a yes. great woman. Well, because it's only my mom and my dad yeah. and my sister Gosh, at the house. They, yeah, so. they don't need
0: it. Right. Send it with you and the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, we all they ask us to bring are things like pies. Okay. And they wanted the pies purchased <laughs> from a specific place. So we just pretty much took an order to go to the specific place and buy these pies. <laughs> I'm sorry. And then we didn't eat all the pie. So I thought I – I could take it home. I bought I it. I assumed we took it home. I woke up that next morning thinking I'm going to have pie. Nope. <laughs> I thought I was for sure going to have pie Friday after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Of course. I like to I like to carve up with Black Friday pie
1: Okay, before mm-hmm. I go shopping. Mm-hmm. It's the one day of the year you get pie for breakfast. That's it.
0: That's yep. it. I dreamt about it. I mean, I dreamt about pie. And then you
1: got there and there was And I nothing. got up
0: and I went right to the fridge at about right when I woke up, so about 10.30. Where's the pie? <laughs> 10.30 in the morning and there was no pie. And I'm like, did you guys eat the pie? And my wife's like, oh, no, I gave it away. Whoa. <laughs> she gave the pie away. <laughs> Who, Who gives the pie it? away? <sighs>
1: oh, frustrating.
0: Anyway, um, we, today's topic, guess what? Humor. Ha,
1: ha, ha. You need humor in a situation like that. We do, oh, and true. we also need humor when there's no pie. post-Thanksgiving.
0: Mm, yep. Because oh, I don't know what you guys did, but we, my wife has a tradition where uh-huh. she, her family for years, they like to walk about 20 miles. On, on Thanksgiving? On Thanksgiving Day.
2: I, w- I like to watch somebody go 20 miles up and down a field.
0: Really? Yeah. You just like that. You mm-hmm. just like to watch. Yeah. Yeah, like a football player. We walked about five and a half miles. And then we made a few mistakes on the walk, and it cost us about another half a mile. Okay. So we walked about six miles. Then, uh, you know, no big deal because it's just six miles. Sure. that's nothing. No. Um, You know, and then you sit and eat. Especially
2: with plantar fasciitis.
0: Oh, yeah. And then you eat. And then you just- Oh, you exercise before you eat? Yeah. We walked to grandma's house, basically. By the way, we literally went over a river- And through the woods. And through the woods. Twice. And then actually went back over the river and we crossed the river about eight times, which isn't in the original play um, or thought. So, in the end, we got there and then I couldn't move because my legs just calc- cramped up? Calcified. Okay. <laughs> they turned into rocks. So, I, I also got a foot massage. Oh. From my sister. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean she's a great lady and all. Yeah. But, but she did it. I mean, who's gonna? She said, "I'm gonna get some lotion and I'm gonna give you a foot massage." Like you're gonna argue with that? Probably not. Not a rub a dub dub. It was great. Um, but so for the next about three days, I couldn't walk. That's why you took
2: naps on Friday, right? I had
0: a big nap on Friday. I had to get all of the <laughs> the bad junk out of my system. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today we're talking about humor. And so I need it. I need it desperately. You need humor? I need humor. I did watch a lot of movies. I'm not going to mention any of them. They're okay. great, but just not going to mention them. Um, it was fun. Nothing really funny.
2: I watched I watched bad football.
0: I did too. Mm-hmm. That was good football. Saturday was a good football day. Well, BYU Saturday was. Won.
2: Yes, they did. It was a good day. But I didn't – no, but the 49ers on Thursday. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was
0: sad. Uh, yeah, I can't talk about it yet.
1: But good news for my fin- fantasy football team. Mm. did really? great this week. Yeah. Did they do great? Yeah.
0: See, that's why, you, again, once again, we need humor. And on the show today, Scott Weems is going to be talking and teaching us kind of the science of humor. There's a science to it. I love humor. Do you? Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. Yeah. Do you really? <laughs> Do you really I do I love humor, I could watch funny things all day, oh, I yes, but see I would that's, agree. that's what's bad about humor, though, because sometimes what you think is funny is just someone falling,, mm-hmm. but that can be funny if it's oh, please, yeah, it can not if it's your mother, well, that's true, it like I said, it depends
2: on the circumstances on who's taking the face plan exactly, see but that he's gonna teach like, us why I'm sorry, on Saturday night Live, Chevy Chase was a master at Pratt Falls, oh yeah.
0: That was funny. Greatest line of all time, Chevy Chase answers, uh, knocks on a door in mm-hmm. one of his shows. What's it called? And the woman's wearing a towel, and he says, "I just hit a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Can I borrow your towel?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a great line. Right? Yep, that's Chevy
2: Chase. Actually, I, I like the one where the person behind the door is going, "Candy Graham." <laughs>
0: Oh, that was the show. What's the movie? Saturday, it was Saturday Night Live. No, but what's the movie that he was in that's so famous? Vacation? No. The, uh, Fletch? He's a police, Fletch?
2: He's a police officer. Fletch is a very funny movie.
0: I, I just hit a water buffalo. <laughs> so I use that line all the time. It never works. Um, here's the deal. <laughs> it's because nobody knows the movie. I know, nobody gets it. <laughs> They're like, my kids are like, you really hit a water buffalo, Doc? Oh, yeah, over my head. Whatever. You guys don't get my humor. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about humor uh, a little bit later in the show. Merritt's going to teach us about different kind of genres of humor. Yeah. And then, uh, again, Scott, Dr. Scott Weems will be talking to us about, and teaching us about humor. Heather Johnson's in the house. Hatch. She's going to be here. She'll be here. Teaching us all about humor. We're going to try to laugh today, folks. We've got to laugh. It's It's Monday. After Thanksgiving weekend. Ah! <laughs> Which means tomorrow. I don't know if you know it. Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. Today's... Uh, Cyber Monday. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is giving Tuesday.
2: Wow. Lots of
0: days that are named lately. Did
2: you go to did you do anything on gray Thursday? Yes. I had turkey. Did you? Yeah.
0: I slept. Good idea. I slept? No, I didn't. I didn't get to sleep. We're going to take a break my friends and come back continue the discussion about humor, you know, learn what you can to be able to laugh and heal yourself. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM, 143 BYU Radio. One eyed, one horn, flying purple people eater. One
2: eyed, one horn, flying purple people eater. One eyed, one horn, flying purple people leader. Sure looks strange to me. One
0: eyed, Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> To the Matt Townsend show, little Chev Wooly for you, the Purple People Eater. One of uh, got you to laugh. One of Sean O'Neill's favorite songs. Actually, kind of is. is. My daughter f- did a dance routine
2: to this. song. Oh, did she really?
0: Yes, my mother had to make a costume for her. Well, I'd love to
2: see that costume. Oh, I wish I had a picture on me. I because it, it was funny.
0: Actually, she was about six. It is funny that a song like that, that is just a little creepy. Yeah, but funny, uh, made me laugh. Because a lot of stuff like that. It still makes me laugh. Well, like last week you kept playing music that didn't make me laugh. It made me angry. Sorry. (laughs) Made me furious. We'll see how many songs make you laugh today. Oh, good. You know what we need to do is talk to Scott Weems and find out why we just laughed. I just laughed out of nowhere at a Purple People Eater song by Sheb Woolley from the 30s or whenever. Mm -hmm. It was on vinyl. You could tell. Hey, we are going to uh, introduce our new guest, our next guest today. We're talking about humor, right? And what if you knew the science of it? What if you knew why people laugh and how to make them laugh and when? Because there's a science to it. And who better to teach us than Scott Weems? If you go to his website, Scott Weems, W E E M S dot com, Scott dot com. He wrote the book, Ha, the Science of When We Laugh and Why. His career began as an officer in the U.S. Coast Guard, where he served as a communications officer on board the USCGC Yokana in Kodiak, Alaska. By the way, doesn't seem funny. That doesn't seem funny. Being the communication officer on board a, a, a ship in Kodiak, Alaska seems hard, seems exhausting. So he's going to teach us how he got from there. Eventually, he traveled all over to Annapolis, to Los Angeles, Boston, New Orleans. Um, and he, he in that, studied psychology education creative writing he has a phd in cognitive neuroscience from ucla and one time he made a little girl cry by telling her that some people go to school until the 26th grade <laughs> that's sad but true some people just never get out and it made a little girl cry uh, dr scott weems is name. scott welcome to the matt townsend show
3: Hi, thank you very much for having me.
0: So good to have you. Now, how on earth did uh, an officer on a Coast Guard ship or cutter or whatever get to be an expert in humor?
3: Uh, Yeah, I guess I really owe all of my academic... Uh, accomplishments or training really comes down to the fact that I get very seasick, um, and I didn't know this, unfortunately, until oh, it was no. too late, and yeah. I was I was committed, as you say, yeah. Uh, and I I loved it. I, I worked on a ship and two years up in Kodiak and a little bit even before that, and uh, my 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 life, which I saw would be spent on on the sea was uh, that part was cut short by sea sickness and just the general discovery that it's hard working on a ship oh especially if you can't keep
0: your food down i mean that's like yeah yeah. so i I guess that's funny right And, and what's so funny about that is and i want you to do this for us define what humor is really because we're laughing at that and yet in a way it was probably pretty horrible for a
3: while for you well, in a way, it's, it's a great example, I suppose, because I look at humor really as a process versus a, a concrete thing. Mm-hmm. And that comes down to the fact that, wow, we laugh at a lot, and, and not just jokes. I mean, if we just laughed at knock-knock jokes or something right. sort of like that, it would be easier to define. But, but the problem is that we laugh just when we meet strangers for the first time, and we, we laugh in these awkward silences with, with people when we don't know what to say. And I think it really is, it comes down to the fact that humor is a process, where we break down conflict, hmm. and we deal with moments we're just not sure how to take the first time around. And so uh, a long time ago, we, we basically developed the ability to laugh these moments because, frankly, it's the most adaptive thing we can do. And, and since from that came knock-knock jokes and a lot of other things.
0: Is it, is it a uniquely human thing? Do other animals laugh?
3: Yeah, this was one of the most fun parts of my research for the book is that uh, animals do laugh and, and not just <laughs> not just our nearest neighbors like apes. We we know we can see apes laugh. Yeah. The grunting noises they make are kind of a lot like our laugh. But dogs laugh. Um even rats laugh. I interviewed one oh, um, man. one researcher from uh Chicago, Jeffrey Bergdorf, and that's what he does for a living is he tickles rats. <laughs> and it sounds very silly yeah, it on does. the surface but it's very important because what he's doing is he's trying to understand depression and if you can understand yeah. the neural mechanisms behind laughter in a rat then you're you're getting a step closer to understanding it people and, and there's some benefits to that
0: so they actually these animals dogs and rats they they actually laugh outwardly i mean i when i used to have a dog mine would look at me like he was laughing like he would be like really you're going to wear that and but they're actually they actually They'll make a, a chortle, a, a snort. I don't know what you call it, some noise that would show that they're, they're laughing.
3: Yeah, I, that's very true. It, the, the trick is, though, with something like a rat, um, the, the, the frequency of rat laughter is actually above our hearing range. Oh, wow. Um, and so you have to use, I think, the, kind of the same kind of detector you use for bats, hearing, yeah. noise, you know, the sounds bats make. Uh, so <laughs> I think it's fifty kilohertz I, I don't i don't remember the ranges so well but dogs are a little bit closer to our range but the thing is when you get sad outside of our species it's really hard to yeah to understand and recognize well, it so i guess if you're a dog it's easy to recognize right. but for us we just kind of do our best
0: well let alone you got i mean you got to make the jokes apply you know it's hard to make a <laughs> it's hard to make a rat joke if you don't know their world
3: yeah, and I mean, it's kind of funny, like, would we even know animal humor if we saw it? Yeah, no. um, and I, I don't know. And there's a great story by um, a chimp researcher who, uh, who was teaching a chimp sign language, and one day the chimp was riding on his shoulders, and the chimp urinated on the researcher's shoulders. Ooh. And then the chimp made the sign language sign for funny. And I think that's hilarious. That's we great. You have a taste of what is chimp humor. Uh, apparently, chimp humor has a lot to do with urine. Isn't it? <laughs> maybe in some ways you know that, that means we have a yeah. lot in common with Sound, chimp. That's
0: right. It sounds like a scout troop. Um, yeah, basically. Talk about um, humor because humor and laughter, it, it seems like humor is more about the head and laughter is more about the body. Am I off there? Teach me what's the difference between humor and laughter?
3: Uh, you know, you are you're touching on let say what I'd say is probably the biggest question in the research field now, and, and that is it's really hard to draw the line. I look at humor as the the thing that matters, and laughter is more of a symptom. Okay. Um, so in that way, you're right in that it's the body. It's it's how we how we show when we think something is funny. Um, But the thing is, you laugh at a lot of things that we don't consider traditionally funny. And tickling is a great example. I mean, that's just kind of weird. Um, But we laugh at it anyway. Uh, And so I I think the symptom approach to looking at laughter works really well. The benefit to laughter is that we can measure it. And so a lot more scientists have studied laughter than humor, which to me is kind of a shame because it's much more interesting what's happening in the head and what makes us laugh. And that's kind of why I prefer to focus on that instead.
0: Is it... Um, like I, I see with my kids that um, it's, a, it's a learned behavior in a way, I think, unless my children were born just with a better sense of humor, which how could they not? Um, but it seems like my kids get uh, maybe a little sarcasm because they get it from me. They get funny just stuff that I say and I'll bring their friends over and I'll say the exact same thing that I say to my kids and they just look at me like, I don't know, like a dog looks at me, is, is, it, is, is, is humor handed down?
3: Yeah, I think this is another great way of looking at humor versus laughter. And it turns out that, first, I think humor is basically learned, and we, we pick up our sense of humor from the people around us, from our parents, from our friends, and I think that's why we tend to hang around with people with similar sense of humor to ourselves, because you know we just kind of get those people better. Yeah. But at the same time, everybody laughs. And so I don't want to give the impression that, I mean, that there's such thing as a humorless person or a person who's never laughed. Right. And we know this because uh, from going back all the way to Aristotle, people have noticed that even, even blind babies, even deaf babies who have never heard or seen laughter before, they still do it, huh. which I think is, is kind of beautiful. It means that laughter is just part of, of being who we are. It's unavoidable. Now, what makes us laugh? Um, that really depends on you know, how, how we're raised, and I think that's why we seek out people with similar senses of humor.
0: That's interesting. I had never thought about, um, but how beautiful it would be to see if you had a deaf child to, you know, be able to have them have an experience that they would laugh about. Other than, I mean, even just more than tickling. But an ex- once they interacted with the world and started to understand the world, to see them laughing would just be so so endearing, wouldn't it? I mean, that's, I guess, the thing about humor is it does endear us to people.
3: It is, and I think it's it's so universal back this was in the time of aristotle he even said that the moment of laughter which comes he believed it was always our 40th day of being alive <laughs> coincided with having a soul that's that's what he defined it as because that's the moment when we really kind of get the joy and beauty of life and and he I guess he saw enough examples to believe that it was a scientific fact that we all laugh at least by our 40th day. That's right. Uh,
1: and
3: so I guess it, it takes at least that long to find something funny, but you're going to find, after five or six weeks of being around, you're going to find something funny.
0: That's exactly right. I'm loving the topic, Scott. Let's take a break, and um, if anybody out there wants to give us a call, give us a call, one eight five five chat byu one chat We'd love to have your questions about humor, Maybe try to figure out why, you know, we laugh at funerals. Why do, why do we get into those moments where we can't stop laughing? Scott Weems is going to keep teaching us about the science of humor. He wrote the book on it. Ha! The Science of When We Laugh and Why. We'll be back more on the topic of humor right here on The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Be be body, body, can be lost can welcome back everybody to the matt townsend show paul simon i love him one of the most talented of all time you
2: asked why this song was funny yeah have you ever seen the video for this song no probably with chevy chase right next to paul simon Oh, what's playing he Playing instruments. Oh. <laughs> and
0: it is very funny.
2: Back to Chevy Chase. Yeah, I told Chevy Chase, one of the funniest
0: men around. Don't you think? I mean, Saturday Night Live. They mm-hmm. used to yes. just grow him up, incredible.
2: Yep. What's happened? Him and Dan Aykroyd. Oh, yeah. The bass And Rosanna,
0: Rosanna, Dana. Yes. I love that show. <laughs> <sighs> well, today we're talking about humor. That was Gilda Radner, by the way. Yeah, but Rosanna, Rosanna, Dana. Does that be your time, James? Way over his head. Yep, pretty much. You've heard of Caillou, though, right? (laughs) Today we're talking about humor. (laughs) Um, I'm not trying to say you don't know humor. I'm just saying you just come from a different generation.
1: But I know Caillou. That's what You do
0: know Caillou. SpongeBob. SquarePants. Yeah. He's funny. I mean, for a sponge. Today on the show, a great uh, guest, Scott Weems, is joining us. He is the author of the book hope I'm saying that right, the science of when we laugh and why. I mean, don't you find it interesting that you'll just see something and it just makes you laugh? And it almost is like sometimes an involuntary reflex. And then sometimes when you get that laugh train going, you can't stop. Even if your teacher's mad at you, even if you'll be expelled, you just got to laugh. Nothing harder than stopping the laugh once you get it started. So We've asked Scott to come talk to us and teach us about laughter. By the way, he began his career as an officer in the U.S. Coast Guard, found out mid-tour that he's allergic to boats. He gets seasick. So he had to kind of redirect his career, uh, but he still was in Kodiak, Alaska, and then went on, got a bunch of graduate degrees in psychology and education, also in creative writing. He has a Ph.D. in cognitive neuroscience from UCLA. And uh, he's here to teach us about what makes, you know, humor so funny. Scott, welcome back to the show.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. It's great to have you. And um, I, I grew up where um, my grandfather and my grandmother, would, would we would watch Carol Burnett kind of shows and uh, Harvey Korman and Tim Conway and... I as a kid loved that. I thought that in fact to this day, if I see Tim Conway, I just think like he's my one of my heroes. Um and but this is something my grandma once told me, and I know you you've written about it before, um, that really good humor is a sign of intelligence. Is that true?
3: It is. It should make us feel good. And we, we don't often think of it that way, which no. is a shame. I mean, it, I, I like bringing up the example of when was the last time a comedy won Best Oscar?
0: No, really, really. Like Best
3: Picture at the Oscars or something like that. It just doesn't happen. Mm-mm. I mean, we, we don't respect comedy that way. Uh, but yeah, I also think back at the my most, you know, the... the the television shows which shaped me as a child and yeah I grew up you know, around the time of Mary Tyler Moore yeah. WKRP in Cincinnati we just had Thanksgiving and you know I see all these yeah. reminders of the of the of Thanksgiving give- giveaway episodes from WKRP and yeah. like some of the classic moments of comedy right there but we, we don't often take it seriously which is a shame but back to intelligence uh, yeah it does in fact studies have shown that just watching a comedy like some of the things we've been talking about they actually raise your IQ you'll, you'll, you'll be more creative Really, and answer more intelligently on like insight questions and things like that after wow. watching a comedy compared to watching a drama. So there's some benefits to comedy and just watching it.
0: it. It's interesting too. You can see the comedic actors; they're complex humans. It seems like anyway, um, and I, I mean, in in a way, they uh, Jerry Seinfeld. You've got to be really intelligent, I would think, to just keep. Putting it out there and finding the joke in everything, and you talk about part of the joke is the fact that you have to find a conflict, and, and to talk about that, what is what is the, uh, having conflict have to do with humor?
3: Yeah, I think this is really closely linked with intelligence. In that uh, there, there's a saying that if you want to make a point, you tell a story, but if you want to make many points at once, you tell a joke. And that's really what humor and jokes in general are, is you're, you're kind of saying something a little beneath the surface. Yeah. And, and for with most jokes, or at least most good jokes, there's a certain conflict involved in that we're not sure how to take what, what's being said. Um, sometimes the conflict is relatively benign. Sometimes it gets quite racy. Um, but there's always some sort of moment when, when you hear a joke or right before laughter when you're just not sure how to take that situation. And, and so some people think of conflict as, as bad that's something that we try to avoid in our lives. But in fact, conflict is just something we deal with all the time. Very seldom is life straightforward. And I'd say if life were always straightforward, it would be a lot less interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of fun. I think we laugh because we're always on this like exploration of life, trying to understand what's happening around us. And I think that makes us smarter because it makes us inquisitive individuals for seeking out laughter.
0: I love it. In fact, I have found in my own business – so I do marriage education and where I teach people and, and just relationship education. I teach them how to deal with conflict and how to deal – with their partner and the differences between how men and women communicate and all these different things. And I found flat out the easiest way to teach any of those lessons tends to be humor because <laughs> they they already kind of get it in their life. They live it in their life. But by, by opening it up to a joke, I think you're right. It does open up more learning points because I guess some of it's sarcastic, but some of it's real. And Anyway, it just allows them to to just relax in a way because I guess chemically it gets them in the right space, but it also opens up their mind.
3: Absolutely, and that's why if, if teachers are really whatever your profession is, if you can use humor to make it part of your, your education, what, what you're trying to say, then you'll get the point across a lot better than if you just tell it straightforward. And that's because the brain has to do a little extra work when there's a joke involved. Yeah. And so studies have actually shown that teachers who use humor in their classrooms, their students do better on tests. Um, but the key thing is, and this is the the important part, is that humor has to be actually linked with the subject you're talking about. Hmm. So it doesn't help to just stop the lesson and, and tell a knock knock yeah. joke or something. Yeah, did I tell you about? If you're using the humor to kind of explore whatever you're saying and, and give it maybe as an example, then yeah, people will remember a lot better. Is because it, it is kind of like exercise for the brain.
0: Yeah, it's, and it's creating chemistry, right? So your brain is going to associate the learning it's going through with this chemistry which just seems like it'll be more palatable, more, more memorable.
3: Yeah, and that's what brains seek out all the time. I think brains just intrinsically are curious things. Um, brains don't like to be bored. They don't like to just sit around and, and not do anything. We, we like to be questioning our environment and wondering what's going on. And so you're right. that I mean that You can look at this on a neuroscientific level, too, and see that when regions like the anterior cingulate, not to get too wow. too sciency about it, but there me. are regions of the brain that like conflict, and, and we call them things like the anterior cingulate. And when they get very active, we learn things better, and we're more engaged with our environment. And that's that's a very healthy thing.
0: Does it... Do do genders approach humor differently? I mean, I mean, and I guess everyone will approach it differently, but it seems like (laughs) it seems like my wife doesn't get me. I mean, she doesn't. I'm hilarious. She doesn't find me that funny. But is it is it just that we've been with each other too long or are there some some distinct are there some differences between how men and women joke?
3: Yeah, you you're touching on a a tricky subject. Yeah, it's so hard to say. I was actually, I'll be honest, when I started researching this and trying to delve further into that question, it was really unsatisfying. There's there's not as much research on that as I would hope. Um, Maybe that means that the genders clearly, you know, men and women are different in so many ways. You know, and and so there are of course going to be differences. But are they are they broad patterns? Are they can you generalize from one person to another? I think it's really hard, and I think it's because we all like humor, and we all seek out humor in similar ways. The differences tend to be subtle, but you know, one, one good example of, of a difference is when you look at – you give people surveys of what they look for like in a mate in, when it comes to sense of humor. It turns out that women tend to prefer men who make them laugh, and men tend to prefer women who laugh at their jokes. <laughs> So you, you to generalize this yeah. to a broad statement. It's like women like the men who are clowns, and, and men like women who make them feel better about themselves by laughing at their jokes, even when they're not funny. That's
1: so uh, true. And, I mean,
3: there might be there might be reasons for that. We we uh, there, there's all sorts of evolutionary reasons for that. Yeah. But it might just be simply that we. These are things that have just evolved over time is what we look for in mates, and, and it's because humor and seeing someone with a sense of humor says that you have someone with a pretty active brain, and that has some advantages, too, in a relationship, yeah. which is why sense of humor is one of the most important things that a, a couple can share.
0: Yeah, really, to get through all the tough times, to get through, you know, life. you got to be able to laugh at it. Um, is there, so it seems like, and I teach my kids this, too, sometimes the funniest things are the things that you least expect. And so is that part of the science? Like, if you wanted to sit down and teach somebody to be funny, could you give them a list of maybe rules that they can start playing with?
3: Yeah. So I, I always avoid the word rules, but I use yeah. ingredients, which is there you go. the way of Yeah. Saying rules, I guess. But, yeah, there is. And if you ask people like science researchers in, in the field of humor, what's the most important thing, they'll say surprise. Um, And that's because surprise is kind of key. If you know a joke is coming, you're a lot less likely to laugh at it. Um, And so I'd say, yeah, surprise is key, but it's not everything. Because if I hide behind a door as you're walking in a room (laughs) and I just yell boo, some people might think it's funny, but I'd say it's probably just mean. Yeah, Um, now you're annoying. It's not necessarily funny. Yeah, Yeah, it's just annoying. So I think it's better when you have both surprise and the humor takes you someplace new. Which I like to use, like uh, the old Jay Leno stand-up bits, where he he take uh, ambiguous newspaper headlines and, and read them out loud yeah, and yeah. laugh, Jay Leno used to do. Uh, anyway, you know, so the 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 bad headline that reads "Lawyer Testifies in Horse Suit." <laughs> you, know, you you could read the headline and read that. Like, you might get a chuckle, lawyer yeah. testifies in horse suit. That's know? hilarious. And that's because it takes you someplace new. You actually imagine a lawyer wearing yeah. A, yeah. A, a suit like a horse and maybe being held in contempt of court. But a, a similar headline that just says, lawyer testifies in suit... Is surprising, and that we don't know how to take it. There's just a, you know, you can also read that two different ways. It just doesn't have a destination, too. Yeah. So I like to say that, that surprise is very important as long as it has a destination as well, and it takes you someplace funny and new.
0: That's great. Yeah, because otherwise you're just constantly shocking people, and that's gonna wear thin eventually. Yeah. And this also. Go ahead.
3: I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I was just going to jump and say, this also has a lot to do with what's often obscene humor, is that if, if a comedian just gets up and says obscene things, yeah. it's not very funny. But I mean, some comedians use, use profanity in their act, and it doesn't come across as unnecessary because they're actually using it. You know, Chris Rock or someone like that can use it and make it sound like he's actually making a point rather than just trying to shock
0: people. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and there's a difference, it seems like, between how much we respect kind of a well-thought-out story with a destination that's still surprising versus just kind of the monotonous beat down of some comedic you know presentation some of them are just harsh and it's and it's exhausting that's one of the things i find you know just working with clients and being able to laugh about stuff it does wear you out too humor and laughter it's it's tiring
3: it is, and that's why I think of it, like I said, as exercise for the brain. And exercise is good. It gives you a workout, but you're often tired, too, because you're thinking a little bit harder than you would otherwise. Yeah,
0: you bet. Well, let's take a break. We're talking with Scott Weems. Uh, he wrote the book on it, folks. The book is called Ha! The Science of When We Laugh and Why. And if you go to his website, scottweems.com, w-e-e-m-s.com, scottweems.com, you can learn all about uh, his his book, his work, his research, Tons of information uh, and insight into why we laugh and why it uh, feels so good sometimes. When we come back, we'll continue to, to discover what's going on in humor in the field of uh, what makes us laugh. Also, is there a funniest joke in the world? We're going to ask James when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. And Weird Al Yankovic. That guy, he can li- he can make a funny song out of anyone else's song. Now, I used to... This was hot. He was big. I remember when we go roller skating at the roller rink. And they put on a little Weird Al. Classic skate? Classic skate. There you go. That's when I had my first hand-holding experience.
1: Ooh! Tell me about it. That was mine, too. It's Snowball.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're going to now do the Snowball, if you'd all like to gl- uh, grab a lovely lady and bring her out to the—I <laughs> don't know why classic. I'm talking like that. Hey, um, today we're talking about humor and the great gift that it brings. It's just—it changes your chemistry. It makes you healthier. But we before we get to our expert, Scott Weems, we have had one of our crack reporters— Uh, go out and figure out if there is the funniest joke in the world. And after searching Google easily for two and a half minutes, James found the world's funniest joke. James, have you got it? The world's funniest joke. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's see. And and Scott, I hope you're listening. Scott Weems is uh, on the phone. He wrote the book, Ha! The Science of When We Laugh and Why. Scott, listen to this. Tell me this is not the funniest joke.
1: Okay. All right. Two hunters are out in the woods when one of them collapses. He's not breathing and his eyes are glazed, so his friend calls 911. He, and this is him on the phone. He says, my friend is dead. What should I do? The operator replies, calm down, sir. I can help. First, make sure that he's dead. There's a silence. Then a loud bang. <laughs> Back on the phone, the guy says, okay, now what?
0: <laughs> okay, that's dark. <laughs> That is dark. James found the, the world's greatest—the uh, world's greatest joke. We will now turn to Scott Weems, who wrote the book *Ha: The Science of When We Laugh and Why*. Scott, is that the greatest joke?
3: Well, if you ask science, it is. Um, the, the only catch is that, that comes from a, a great study by Richard Wiseman from England, who basically set up a website and asked for just, I think it was maybe even a million different responses. Wow. Of people asking one of their favorite jokes, and hundreds of thousands at least. And he got so many jokes, and people rated that one the funniest. And Did I would they think really? It might not be the best, if only because when you ask a million people anything, you might tend towards mediocrity. Yeah, sure. But... I mean, I don't know. You can't argue against the
0: stuff. Well, and if you hate guns, you really got to hate that
3: joke. Yeah, but, you know, it's funny as you hear him talk about it. And uh, the most common one, he had this one. I think hundreds of people sent this joke in. It's, uh, what's brown and sticky? Ooh, what? A stick. What? Brown and sticky, a stick. (laughs) It's not that funny. Anyway, he got he got that hundreds of times, oh, and uh, he was just glad that one didn't win. So as bad as the joke that won is, it yeah. could have been much, much worse.
0: Well, and it's hard because, you know, that it depends on your age. It depends on where you live. It depends on a lot of stuff if jokes are funny. Like the sticky one, that's hilarious. I I, I could tell that one at church. I might not tell the gun yeah, one. And-
3: And it changes a lot, too. So if you look at, like, what people from England think is the funniest. um, I I don't. it's always dangerous when a scientist tells jokes, but um, I'll share what (laughs) what was supposed to win. It was the highest in England. Yeah, so a dog walks in a telegraph office and says he wants to send a message. And the operator says, okay, what's your message? And the dog says, okay, it's woof, 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 woof. The operator pauses and says, you know, that's only nine woofs. You can send a tenth one for free and the dog just <laughs> pauses. But that would make no sense. <laughs> That's great. I, I like that joke more. I mean, yeah. my delivery might... Need no, it's still hilarious. Help, but, still, but still, I think it's kind of funny because it's got that absurd humor that they tend to like in, in Europe more than the United States. Yeah. In the United States, we like our jokes maybe with more guns and stuff like yeah,
0: that. Yeah, violence. We like more violence in our jokes. Is it... Yeah. Um, I, I guess when it comes down to it, we do... So there's some reason that we have evolved a sense of humor right there's some reason that it has taken priority enough to create spaces in our brain what is the benefit in the end what are the benefits that are associated with laughing
3: yeah i mean here's where you really get to the social aspects of humor and how contagious it is and when you you know when you ask like what's the what's the evolutionary benefit of humor which i think is a really important question to me it all comes down to not having to hit each other with sticks yeah And what I mean is, like, our ape ancestors, when a group of apes used to meet another group of apes that are in the same territory, I mean, they didn't have a whole lot of things they could do. They could grunt or they could hit each other with sticks. Ape rumble. Yeah, and and there's actually whole books on it by Franz de Waal. I I hope I'm saying the name correctly, but it's called Chimpanzee Politics, and that's just how chimpanzees interact with each other. But, I mean, fortunately, when we developed societies and, and got to be advanced thinkers, we, we had other ways of coping with these moments of not sure how to take what could be a potential aggressor. And so we do things that look a lot like when monkeys bear their teeth and make grunting noises. We, we laugh. Hmm. And I think we've kind of co-opted this laughter behavior to let people know that we're we're okay. We don't mean a threat to them. We're we're we mean to be friendly, and we also feel conflict and, and unease at this situation, which serves a really important purpose. Because I mean, I think that's why we we laugh when we meet people for the first time, and we laugh in these. Anxious moments is because we want other people around us to be at ease and, and to be happy, and I, I think that's a very nice purpose that humor serves.
0: It's, it is, and it seems like it's. Um, it really is. It's something that has to be, you know, tested and tried and figured out because it can be a weapon too, right? It can beat people up, it can harm people, it can hurt their feelings, and yet at the same time, it can be so helpful to to eliminate some of the stress. H- how do we go about practicing? <laughs> I guess, is that just natural? We just do it and we learn and that didn't work and, you know, get ostracized from communities?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is a really dangerous world to, to live in if you're a comedian and you don't... I mean, you want to be funny, but you don't want to offend people. Yeah. And I always think of the, the, the actor Michael Richards who played Kramer uh-huh. on Seinfeld. Yeah. I mean, he found this out really the hard way when he, he made some very racially inappropriate comments to some hecklers when he was trying to do stand-up routine. And, and he was basically universally reviled, and I think probably rightfully so, for being racist. Yeah, And I would say his problem is, one, that he said some very racist things, but two, he wasn't funny. And so, I mean... Yeah, if you're funny,
0: you can you say... Make, <laughs> That's interesting, yeah. If,
3: you're, if you convince people that your point isn't to say something offensive, but to actually make a broader statement about society or racial relations, then people trust that you're actually not saying these things out of hate you're you're recognizing a f- psychological phenomenon which is what some great comedians like uh, Amy Schumer and Chris Rock do yeah. regularly oh yeah it's, I wouldn't say either of those people are either sexist or racist but they tackle these these issues directly on using humor saying things that you couldn't say normally well Chris
0: Rock it's, did it's that today hell. did you hear that Chris Rock on no, we, uh, on the Today show just made some inappropriate comments that Anyway, about Robin Roberts and cancer and, and – can, anyway, cancer and
3: – Oh, no, I missed that. Oh, you got,
0: you've got to go look that up because, again, he's a pro, right? This is a guy that knows. And um, they had also uh, – Matt Lauer had just had on Ray Rice's wife – uh, from that, the Ravens football player that that was um, abused by her husband, she was had just been on the show, so he was commenting about that. And you could just—it almost seems like if you're in a stand-up world, you, you you've got different stand-up comedy rules than you would on a morning show. And it's almost like you got to kind of know where you are and what's the what's the rules. What are the rules?
3: Yeah, I think so. And I would also question the, the judgment of the producers having those two people be on the yeah, air like, side by yeah. side. I, I, no, in I
0: fact, he actually said that. Stuff. That's exactly what Matt Lauer said. Like, oh, we should have we should have gone to break when they told me to go to break.
3: <laughs> <laughs> i, I got to look that up on TV. I'll, but I'll find go it.
0: Go check it out. But there, it's funny, too, to watch Matt Lauer, and we only have about a minute left, but to watch Matt Lauer try to not laugh, but he's but it was funny, but it was wrong and inappropriate and just to see the social norms that play when we, we shouldn't laugh, but we're feeling the laugh.
3: Oh, yeah. I would hate to have that job because you're right. He can't laugh. But sometimes, again, I haven't seen the bit, but sometimes it's really hard not to. And I think Chris Rock can probably get away with a lot because he's, he's made a career out oh, yeah. of being a genius at tackling these issues. Yeah, So he'll probably get a pass, but I doubt Matt Lauer will. No.
0: Hey, in about 20 seconds, Scott, just tell us what's the one thing we all need to remember when it comes to humor and laughter.
3: Oh, yeah, and this is – I've got one thing that I, I hope everybody takes from any discussion of humor is the best part about it is there's there's quite a number of intellectual health benefits, creative benefits just from watching comedy. And you don't need to be a professional comedian. Uh, I'm certainly not, and, and most of us aren't. But just watching comedies and making it a bigger part of your life is enough to see these benefits. I, I think that's that. the best and that you see from scientists you don't have to be a comedian to really make it a bigger no. part of your life and, and
0: that really is awesome advice because again there, now you can go on Netflix you can go anywhere you want to go and and just start listening to some really good stuff well I appreciate you Scott uh, very insightful very um, interesting as well and fun and full of laughter we're going to take a break after the break we'll continue our discussion about humor this is the Matt Townsend show you're listening to us right here on BYU Radio Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show, second hour. Hour number two. We've been laughing all the way through hour number one. Actually, 32 minutes of laughter through hour number one. Now, as we enter hour number two, I'm too tired to do hour number two. <laughs> So we brought in the professional Merritt Meekum here to save us in her research you've been researching as we've been talking about humor you've done studied it all humor in every genre
4: well, the thing is i I love humor i I think it's awesome and kind of underrated yeah. a lot of people think it you know it's kind of a lesser form or but really it's just it's it's smart there are so many different varieties and ways that people use humor in art especially and they all achieve kind of different things. And so I think it's something that's a good thing to look into.
0: Well, and I mean, I'm pretty sure that there was some humor since man first hit the earth.
4: I would probably agree with that. You know that I Adam and that... Eve
0: were laughing it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. were they laughing it that, up?
4: You know, the the conflict yeah. that you just can't handle.
0: Can't you see Eve like, are you going to wear that? <laughs> You're going to wear that. Really? Really?
4: Or just when they trip. I, yeah. I still not, there's there are a few yeah. things funnier than it than a trip.
0: <laughs> that's so sad, but so true. It's so
4: true. As long as they're not injured, it's always funny. Well, but
0: even if they're injured, you'll laugh till they're injured.
4: Well see that's it. I was actually walking out of class the other day with a friend and somebody fell down while they were walking up the stairs. And for whatever reason, it seems like they were falling down for an abnormally long <laughs> amount of time. Yeah. And as soon as we were out of sight from that girl, know. we just laughed for about the next five minutes. It was great. And it's
0: because you she can relate to it. She has no clue that it. she made by day. That's right. Yeah. She And and you don't have any clue that she's been in the hospital for the last week. <laughs> but either way. We, she both...
4: walked away. She was good. Was she okay? Yeah.
0: She limped away. <laughs> so teach us about – because here's some things. Now, I took – film studies in college mm-hmm. and had to go study, is it Buster Keaton? Is that his name? What's his name? Yes. It
4: yes. Buster Keaton.
0: Uh, honestly, didn't get him because really? I couldn't understand his, he didn't talk.
4: He did not talk. Silent so that's era. That's the thing. But
0: physical humor galore. Like a yeah, bucket with humor.
4: Fall. I mean, you would call it slapstick. It's kind of the slapstick. gags. What you see in cartoons yeah. is when it's just these absurd situations where crazy things happen that aren't really physically possible in yeah. your world. Um, and Buster Keaton is a great example of that. He was a gymnast. Uh, there's kind of this famous legend that might be true. I'm okay, pretty sure it was true. Folklore, but kind of a folklorish yeah. fact, I guess. That um, when he was a child in the early 1900s uh, and the late 1800s, he his family was an act. On vaudeville. Okay. A comedy act. And one of the things that they would do was that they had a handle sewn on the back to Buster Keaton's costume as a kid. And his dad would literally throw him out into the audience or places. In this kid, yeah. he just knew how to <laughs> fall in a way that wouldn't hurt him.
0: Well, and that looked funny.
4: Exactly. I mean, it looks hilarious. Yeah. I mean, today we about... call that abuse. Back yeah, then, <laughs> that's
0: just part of earning the family money.
4: Yeah, but it's the, he kind of... uh Moved out into his yeah. film career, where he does these amazing things that are super dangerous, super acrobatic, mm-hmm. and just really ridiculous oh, yeah. overall. Let's and say, get in weird positions, running and yeah. tripping, and um, in the general, which is probably Keaton's most famous film. He, it's it's the classic thing where he's running across the top of the train. Yeah, oh, yeah. but he's really doing it. Yeah, it's I mean, it's a pretty great thing to see. But
0: what else could you do in? Silent film, but use your body to yeah, exactly. create the emotion. But
4: it's not completely gone. No. Um, Dick Van Dyke was a great, oh, yeah. yeah. he's great at physical humor. Yeah. Um, and kind of a more recent example would be uh, the character Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec. Okay. He falls constantly. <laughs> he falls, he trips, yeah. he breaks things. It's just, it's all very physical so that you can see it. Yeah. He doesn't have to talk.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So that would slapstick. be plastic. Yeah. Okay.
4: Um, to go completely other end, we have deadpan humor.
0: Okay. Talk about that.
4: This would be what you kind of think of as uh, dry humor, like yeah. witty humor, where the person keeps a very straight face while they're saying it. Yeah. They're saying something that's kind of ridiculous. One of those moments where you. N- kind of don't realize that it was a joke until about 10 seconds yeah. later. Yeah. D- the delayed laugh, I guess. Um, this would be like the television sh- television show Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah. Just things where it's just super, super dry <laughs> and very understated. But I like oh, it because I, I think it. it's really hard to do. Yeah. That's one I like. Yeah. Because if you're saying something funny and you don't smile, it's, it's an accomplishment that's in and of itself, right? Yeah.
0: Even if they don't get it. It was funny in your yeah. heart.
4: <laughs> There's also self-deprecating humor, which is really fun. Yeah. Uh, some good examples of this would be like Louis C.K. or yeah. my favorite is Mike Verbiglia. They tell things about themselves that are kind of embarrassing yeah. or they put themselves down but in a very good-hearted way.
0: Yeah, And you relate to that and exactly. you're like, oh, That's see, my we're all Exactly. That's my favorite part of
4: it is like, yes, yeah. well, make huge mistakes. See, and in a
0: weird way, you almost – well, I guess you can do too much self-deprecating Yeah, humor. it can
4: go too far. But I think that the core of it is if you just kind of have a good attitude about it. Yeah. Um, and usually I see this with both Lucy CK and Mike Birbiglia, who I mentioned, is they they bring it around to something like, well, I learned this from this, or this was a good experience because it ended up with some happy thing. And they yeah. kind of just show that life is kind of crazy and messy, but it turns it's out cool. okay. Yeah. Um, another potty humor would be one. I mean, that's we're talking Shrek. Yeah. Most, that's a bird song thing. Most adult comedies yeah. um, right now. The other term for that would be like blue humor, which is when you go too far basically you get into the stuff that you're not supposed to talk that's about, dumb so. and dumber not necessarily view humor would be more um, you talk about kind of offensive things quote-unquote uh, like, yes yeah. uh, sexual things yeah. or, you that's know, the stand oh yeah like, that's like the harsh lots of, yeah lots of people yeah. do that it's really popular right now in the movie world it seems not easy. my thing, it just
0: seems easy it's true it's just kind of yeah. like low-hanging fruit
4: yeah exactly <laughs> Um, it's
0: even the fruit that's on the ground already. little yeah, squish. I know. Yeah. You're just kinda, but You can eat it. But
4: you're just, you know, squishing it a little. Yeah. More. There's uh, topical humor. This is what you would see basically on any talk show and they kind of bring up the news of the day and, yeah. you know, make little jokes about that's it. That's hard. I think that's what we usually use the most just in our daily lives is we just kind of bring up funny things that have been happening to us or yeah. have been happening to other people and we just bring it to the situation. We make it topical. It's kind of how we use humor, just face-to-face interaction. hmm um, satire is also one of my favorite types of humor, but this is probably the most intelligent type of yeah, humor some it's also, have some brains on board. um, kind of oxymoronically the most serious type of humor because it is so steeped with social commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this starts appearing like very in the late 1700s with things like, uh, The Modest Proposal, which is about Jonathan Swift. He's saying like how you can, uh. Anyway, I won't get into it. It's, I was like, you're, to you're already it. laughing. Like, I could yeah, see it in your not, eyes. It's uh, not, I don't know, the children listening would not appreciate yeah. me well, talking great. about it. Anyway, um, the onion would be like a more popular. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I mean, just that they take something and they're yeah. poking fun at it, but it's like, this is also something you should think about pretty deeply. Um, <laughs> there's also parody, which yeah. is a type of humor that's probably more modern, just kind of in the general world. Um, we really start seeing parody films in about the 70s. Um, really great classic stuff like uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah.
0: It was it was Mel Brooks. Yes. He Mel was Brooks. the king of parody.
4: Yeah. So you you take something that um, usually with a genre or just kind of a situation that you have certain expectations about yeah. and you kind of flip it on its head and make it all silly <laughs> and you poke fun at it. It's pretty great. Um, there's black comedy, which is another very interesting one because this is when you take a very bad... Situation, Yeah. And you flip it on its head so that it's funny. So an example of this would be like Arsenic and Old Lace. It's a classic yeah. play and play. movie. Um, but also another good example is MASH. I think everybody knows that. War. It's, yeah. It's about the um, – well, it's set in the Korean War. It's about the Vietnam War. Yeah. They're talking about really serious things and um, there are these kind of odd moments when you're watching either the movie or the TV show where they're operating on these soldiers who are dying. But they're kind of poking fun and they're yeah. joking around and it's really jarring.
0: Yeah. See, then, then you've got that moment that James always points out um, too early. It's a too early factor. Yeah. Like, of. oh, no. Yeah. You got to yeah, let it sit voice, on the yeah. shelf a little longer before you can bring out the black humor. Yeah.
4: So it's it's an interesting thing because it kind of calls to mind if it's done well. Yeah. You kind of realize that there's this ultimate conflict going on within the humor, and
0: it's subtle, and it's and so yeah, it gets everyone thinking. I loved Mash for yeah. that
4: very reason. Yeah, exactly. I love Mash as well. Um, surreal comedy is another one that also is kind of popular right now with um, usually kids' TV shows. Yeah, uh, Adventure Time is kind of this you know occult Cartoon Network show. Totally doesn't make any sense, and that's why it's so great.
0: Is there an example that um, adults would know? I mean, I know James um, knew that Monty one. Monty Python oh, would be a good one, where go. it's
4: just completely nonsensical. Bring out like, your Like, it dad. doesn't make any sense. Like, why is this even happening? <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because it because it doesn't make any
0: sense. Yeah. I mean, they talked about where it's the plague.
4: Completely Bring random. Bring out your dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Oh, that's just funny.
4: Yeah. So the interesting thing about all these types of humor is that we've kind of talked about how humor is good for you, how it alleviates the situation, but you need to know what kind of humor to use in order to make that situation work. Yeah. And so, you know, like you said, you don't want to be too soon. You don't want to um, be inappropriate or offend people, but you want to use the type type of humor that will either get your jokes and your feelings across the best and would make the other people feel good as well. Yeah, And so I think it's a good thing to know and kind of study these kinds of things, look at these examples so that you know what's going on and how you can use humor to your own advantage in your life.
0: I love it, and I, I've decided on the show I want us to use every genre, every day.
4: <laughs> every day. That's pretty intense.
0: And I think what we ought to do is just designate certain people to take on certain roles. <laughs> so the the um, the pratfall guy, James. So James has to start, you know, taking a fall, poking your eye. That's particularly difficult on radio, though. Not if you have a microphone. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> it's it's interesting, but I because I, I every one of those I can I've related to. I mm-hmm. loved every one of those, and then certain ones, I guess you have to you have to look back with hindsight. Like yeah. Buster Keaton, you have to sit back and think. I mean, it was brilliant. Like when you talk about him, he sounds like a genius.
4: Oh yeah, he was completely brilliant. And
0: when I was seeing him, I was just nineteen, and I'm thinking the guy's a punk. <laughs> just falls yeah. a lot.
4: Yeah. So. Interesting thing. Love Sometimes it. yeah. You did great. Thank you.
0: That's a hard topic.
4: It's it's it. But it you made a it enlightening an and wonderful. One. Well thank you. Do
0: you want to do a, a Pratt fall or anything on the way out?
4: You know, it's not it's not my gift. The humor okay. thing. Yeah. You know.
0: I'm with you. I mean you have <laughs> it. I'm not saying you don't have it. You're good. Hey, we're gonna take a break. Hajj is with us. Hodge. Uh you know, from the seventies. Hajj, you're soaking in it. Oh, that was Madge. We're going to come back. Heather Ann Johnson is going to teach us how to uh, incorporate a little more humor in your family with your kids. How do you, uh, you know, teach them to be funny without offending everybody? This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening, my friends, to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. If I had a million dollars, I wouldn't be here right now. Where would I be? I'd be I'd be in Heather's class. Heather Ann Johnson, in the house! She happens to be a faculty member here at Brigham Young University, and she has a million dollars. That's how good of a teacher she is. She's incredible. She's been on faculty for 12 or 13 years, 12 years. She also um, has a blog called familyvolley.com and a Twitter handle, at pen and paper (laughs) girl. (laughs) Seems complicated. Not so much. She has five kids, one husband, married 13 years of wedded bliss.
5: Wedded bliss. Hodge? Good to be here.
0: You're soaking in it.
5: My name's still here. I'm glad it didn't go anywhere. No, it's not going anywhere.
0: Heather Ann Johnson... um, one of our great contributors of all time. She teaches us about family and how to spend more time with our kids. Here's an interesting little correlation. Uh, Day uh, We were talking about time off.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I had like three or four days off. Sure. Four days off. Uh, I was with my kids a lot. A lot. Good
5: thing? Uh, yeah. Most of the time. And it was good. It was yeah. good. It was good. There's so much hesitation and angst in all of those words. I love
0: them with all of my heart. But their mom's not raising them
5: right. (laughs) She's not. She's she's not doing a very good job. She's not doing a good job. I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe you should step in.
0: No, she's doing a great job. It's just I'm not used to being around them. Sure. So then you've got nothing but time. Right. And then we just sit there and fight.
5: Because you haven't been there very much. No. So
0: I I set the Christmas tree up. Right. This is my life, Hadj. Um, I set the Christmas tree up and guess what happens? I put on the white lights.
5: Okay. They wanted colored
0: Well, they they ran out.
1: Oh. Because not one
0: a couple of my strands were broken. So my wife's like, Well, we've got colored. So I put on the colored ones and they ran out.
5: So, did you send someone who could drive to go get you some more?
0: I would have, but it was the Sabbath.
5: Oh, so not shop on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, no.
0: So, I just decided instead I'm going to fix the light bulb. We had we have we have like really high ceilings. Sure. Like I think they're like 150 feet high.
5: Meaning, like abandon the tree and move yeah. to a new job. Uh-huh. Okay, unfinished. And
0: today I'm going to go get more lights. Okay, so I'm going to finish the job tonight. Okay, gotcha. It'll be a family activity. Took light bulbs out. Anyway, long story short. Brought in a ladder that weighs probably five thousand pounds. Sure. I, I won't go shopping on the Sabbath, but I pulled out a ladder that basically gave me a hernia. Work, right, yeah,
5: right. pulled your hammies. And my
0: kids are just looking at me like,
5: "Is Dad working?"
0: <laughs> they couldn't believe I was working.
5: They don't see that side of you very often. Mm-mm.
0: Weird. <laughs> so I'm thinking, all of a sudden, okay. And anyway, I'm up there changing this light fixture and drop the light fixture.
5: Oh, guess what? It taught me. Hopefully, to laugh it off.
0: No. It,
5: no. That you should never no. do housework again. on Sunday. There you go. Don't
0: work on the Sabbath.
5: Don't work on Sunday.
0: That's my new motto.
5: It's a day of rest.
0: I've been telling my wife that, but she said you've had a weekend of rest.
5: She, maybe she's worried because you use the other days as days of rest. So yeah, she I just don't know. Needed, she needed. Some religions to have
0: Saturday as their Sabbath, and they some do. have Friday. So I'm just like trying to be universal, worldwide.
5: Right? Kind of that umbrella.
0: Yeah. I want to make sure I'm covering the Sabbath. In every faith.
5: For anybody. So in case you travel ever. (laughs) I'm
0: pathetic. So um, Heather, how do I spend time with my cute kids and not hurt them?
5: And not hurt them?
0: (laughs) We got to get humor involved. Sure. I used it with my son because he was mad because I took down his basketball court, which was in our front room.
5: Which sounds like, oh, in his front room. I was going to say, which sounds like a whole nother story. No. Well, the first.
0: He got mad. Well, we
5: have to remember successful families are, are based on humor. Yeah. It really, it, that's all there is to it. We can look at high strength families. They report large, meaning huge amounts of humor. Do they really? They do. Low strength families report very few incidences of humor. Oh,
0: wow. We're, so, he- we're good then, then we're, and there, right? Yeah. So we're healthy,
5: and it really just teaches us that it's important to use humor if we want to be a strong family. We have to, yeah. We're people. We make mistakes. We do yeah. goofy things. We do silly things. We're trying to figure it all out together. If we don't use humor, we're ne- we're going to hate each other all the time. That's true. So we have to use humor. See,
0: so that's great. So that's a strength. If you can, if you naturally go with humor, right, that's a strength. It's if a not, strength. you got to learn.
5: Right, it's a strength. So here's the first thing about humor, though. Before we dive into kind of all the benefits and the great things, humor in your family isn't humor unless everybody's laughing oh
0: yeah what right? about the one that doesn't have a sense of humor
5: that well and we'll talk about that but we have this misnomer that we're born with a sense of humor or not no, it's not true i don't believe that it's teachable yeah it, it's clearly teachable and so we'll we will work through that and how important it is to teach our kids cool but if everyone in a family isn't laughing it means that we're not showing mutual respect and it means we need to stop that's not funny yeah like, we're, we're now humor. we're pushing the edge right so some of those things would be when we think that humor is controlling this yeah. is when you say to your kids, for example, you know, you go right ahead, keep laughing, see where that gets you. Mm, not funny, no. right? That's controlling. It's so like that gave
0: me chills, right?
5: So we don't want to use humor <laughs> that way. We also don't want to use humor that's sarcastic.
0: Yeah, that's that's hard. I use sarcasm all the time, but I actually can't tell. It seems healthy, <laughs> it seems but I, maybe. Healthy. And then I'm wondering, maybe it's not sarcasm. So are you the only sarcasm. one laughing? Oh, no, we're one all one laughing. laughing. We're,
5: you're all laughing. <laughs>
0: But I don't know if we're all broken or – I don't know.
5: Sure. And some families deal with the sarcasm a little bit. And maybe than I'm others. not even
0: using sarcasm. So what is it? Define it. So I, I – because I feel like I'm OK with that. But then my – I don't know.
5: Sure. If, if it turns into something more that's like bullying, or yeah. you're the only one who's laughing. Yeah. Or it's at someone at else's expense, expense yeah. then you've chosen the wrong path or the wrong way Yeah, we don't deserve do So you don't want to do that. Another thing that, that families struggle with is when parents can't laugh at themselves. Yeah. We get this thing where all of a sudden one of our kids points out either a weakness or a fault <laughs> or something happens and we feel like, oh, heaven forbid, we can't laugh at ourselves yeah. or laugh at the situation. And that's wrong. No, you got to laugh. We have I to like laugh.
0: To throw a tan- I like to throw a tantrum. So sure. when one of my kids doesn't like it, then I do what he does and I just. Hit the ground and Throw a fetal position. Sure, yeah.
5: <laughs> because he just did it. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? They look up and they laugh at you because it's pretty darn funny. <laughs> Actually, so you... mine just
0: walk away and shake their head. <laughs> Weird.
5: Well, and lots of times we avoid this one when they point something out that's a fault. Yeah. You know, or they say, you know, that looks funny or this tastes bad you know, whatever yeah. it might be, and we get really defensive. We can't be like that. That's a great opportunity to laugh and say, Man, I know I burnt that tonight, didn't I?
0: <laughs> I totally or jeez,
5: I'm sorry, yeah. I did shrink that sweater. It'd be perfect for the dog now. I mean yeah. something silly, right? We can That's just right. have fun with it. We make mistakes, and if we don't show them that we can use humor towards ourselves, they never learn to shake it off and use humor in their own lives. Right? So true. To laugh at them. It's like
0: bumpers, really. So you don't have to total the car. You can just mess up the bumper. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it helps, sure. it helps us kind of bump through sure. life.
5: Sure. It's kind of that safeguard, yeah, right? It that...
0: absorbs a lot of the negative energy.
5: Right. Absolutely. That's cool. So any time in our families that we have to say, I was just kidding, it probably means we're doing it wrong.
0: It's good. Yeah, so that's
5: if, right. if we're using humor and we say something and then we go, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't really mean it. Eh, that's you crossed X. the line. Right. Yeah. Too far. And so when we think about humor, again, if, if everyone isn't laughing at it, if everyone isn't on board, we need to detour. We need to go a different direction. We're not using humor correctly. Mm-hmm. So we need to back up a little bit. Now – The problem or the power behind all of this is that in family life, we know everyone's weaknesses. We live together. We know, you know, my husband, my kids, they know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And so when we start using those weaknesses against one another in what we consider a humorous way, we've really destroyed the whole chemistry of a family setting. We don't trust one another anymore. And that's when humor will no longer benefit our families. So we want to make sure we're avoiding that. We never want to use weaknesses or, you know, troubles, anything like that to, to be yeah. funny. If you're using funny.
0: private information right. to make a joke, that's not good.
5: Not cool. Not yeah. cool. So Someone's going to gonna get hurt. So <laughs> always. Someone always gets hurt. And usually then there's backlash. I mean, it just keeps oh, going. Yeah. It teaches well, the yeah. wrong things. And then all
0: of a sudden there's a horse head in your bed. Sure.
5: <laughs> so there is appropriate humor. And really appropriate humor unites a family. It constantly brings totally us agree. closer together.
0: And you're bonded and you can laugh with each other. Right. That's and, cool.
5: And use those things always. So a couple of things that humor will do besides a million things, but it really helps us improve our perspective. Yeah. And so it gives us this new perspective of not just our family life, but of one another. And we need that if we want to go through each and every day. If you go back to your example of the bumper, that really is, like you said, what kind of is that give and take to soften the blow yeah. of the monotony or the pain? Yeah.
0: If you everything. blew a test and we can laugh. And sure. And I can sure. tell about when I blew a test. I have it's only blown one, but you just throw it in there.
5: <laughs> it's exactly right. And it doesn't mean that there's not consequences. Yeah. It doesn't mean that now we've thrown rules out the window. It simply means that this perspective can be changed when we're funny about things, even little things like spilling milk. You know yeah. that. I know sometimes I feel, especially at the end of a day, when one of our kids, because they're not being careful, you know, something spills or there's an extra mess, or I just get things cleaned up and somebody dumps something and it's <laughs> like. And my first reaction is to be a little frustrated. And there's a number of marked times I can think of in my mind where I simply start laughing and the kids look at me like, what? That is amazing. And they laugh and now we're all on the floor cleaning up milk and everybody's just laughing. Yeah, high, that's good. Right? So that perspective, we really have to keep that perspective. It also strengthens our relationships as long as our stories and humor, again, aren't embarrassing. Really, humor brings us closer to one another. We share it. And
0: it's chemistry. It's it like, is. It's like a kiss. Me?
5: It it really does. Well, and if we go on, it also makes communication easier because just like maybe a kiss is, it's this universal language. We share it. We know it. We understand it. And so it can bring us together. Even if we're on different sides, a teenager and a parent, humor can be that middle ground where we can meet. I love it. So it does great things with communication.
0: Let's let's take a break. Um, I need a break. (laughs) Not from you, but that's – like I got to get better at this.
5: Well, we get caught up in all the tasks. We forget that as adults, yeah. we need to be funny, too. We're funny.
0: We're hilarious. You're hilarious. Your nails, I love your nails. They're funny. They're funny. <laughs> and you even have an accent, one accent, or pinky and accent. And you even
5: remembered the name. I know. That's you impressive. taught me. See, it's I impressive. learn every time. There you... you go.
0: Heather Ann Johnson's here. Hatch! We're soaking in. <laughs> <laughs> we could say we're soaking it in, but we're soaking in it. There you go. More with Heather Ann Johnson teaching us how to uh, have a healthy, happy, humorous life with our families. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. This is BYU Radio. Friends to the Matt Townsend show. You got a friend in me, and Madge. <laughs> I mean Madge, not Madge, because Madge was from the seventies. We have the new Madge.
5: Is Madge alive still? Probably. She alive?
0: At least her hands are.
5: <laughs> her hands.
0: Are. She was soaking in it. She
5: was soaking in it. That
0: was the great Palm Olive commercial from the seventies. Madge, the nail lady, I guess. And we now have Hadge Heather Ann Johnson, BYU professor extraordinaire. uh blogger, author. She wrote the book Family Fun Fridays, soon to be released, Family Fun Saturdays through Thursdays.
5: Any day of the week.
0: You've got to do one for every day.
5: We put a yoga section in the front so you can Did stretch you? your hammies before you get started. It's a
0: great idea.
5: Inspired by you. You wrote the forward. for
0: By the it. way, one of my greatest laughs on TV was when I pulled my <laughs> hammies doing one of your games. There you go. <laughs> I vowed right then I will never play a game that Heather tells me to
5: play. That is so not true. You didn't pull it. <laughs> and I hear we're
0: doing it again soon.
5: We are. Next week.
0: Will you just notify me because I need to know what day so I can work out.
5: Stretch. I'll stretch. Start stretching now.
0: Yeah. I don't think it'll help. <laughs> Just don't make me bend over and pull my hands. There we go. Hey, uh, Heather's teaching us today. If you go to her website, honestly, Family Volley, she teaches you, familyvolley.com, she teaches you and your family how to stay together, how to be friends, how to do activities, how to like each other. And today she's teaching us proper humor.
1: We're
5: talking about humor. And we were just chatting. You know, statistics show us that kids laugh about 200 times a day. Oh, that's In cool. comparison to, like we said, adults who laugh between 10 and 12 times a day. I mean, that's <laughs> pathetic.
0: We are pitiful. That's
5: We are. We're pitiful. And so we need to laugh more. We need to recognize that humor can help us communicate. It can help us teach. It's a great way to teach our kids without being overbearing oh, or yeah. preachy, yeah. right, to use humor to do those things. It's also a fantastic way to help us cope.
0: Oh, yeah. Really great. Yeah.
5: And we can use it for coping when it's a big thing like a death in the family or, you know, those major things that hit our lives. But, man, I need humor to cope with just the everyday things that happen. Oh, yeah. And even in thinking about this one, I thought immediately when my husband and I first had our son, we'd just been married a little over a year. And we decided to take him out for the first time. He was a couple weeks old. (laughs) And we're standing in an electronics store and I'm holding him and I'm thinking something is not right about him right now. And so I start to look at him a little bit closer, and he has messed his pants, and it literally goes from the back yeah. of his neck, oh yes, to his shoes.
0: That's my favorite day. To his
5: shoe- favorite day. We call it he- the blowout. New- it's exactly right. And I'm a new mom, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, wow. we are in this store. Yeah. What am I going to do with That's this? Right. So- How did you
0: get it up to your neck? S-
5: yeah, you seriously, ever- like you're like wow. <laughs> you can't. Even- he can't even move yet. <laughs> He's he pressurized. Do- so the funny part comes when. I take him into the bathroom, and it's like I mean, and my husband and I have never navigated a situation oh, like sure. this before. We haven't.
0: That was that's, first child. We called it about a twenty nappy, a twenty, right. a twenty. What do you call them? Wipey. Wipey. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty wipey. Well,
5: this was it, it was bad. So we go into the bathroom. And I've got him on a changing table trying to, you know, take care of this. Yeah. Well, I I don't have enough hands. I don't know what we're going to do. So I prop the door open with one foot. My husband stands on the other side. And when I take clothes off, I hand him to him. And (laughs) he decides if they're going to be discarded or kept. Right. If we're going (laughs) to. Try to get these home and wash them, or if they're not worth it. And in the middle of it, of being kind of worried and frustrated and nervous, all of a sudden, I looked at our little boy who, three weeks, he doesn't know. No, he
0: uh, no, he's innocent.
5: And I started laughing so hard. Here is (laughs) my sweet husband who is. I mean, he's got his gas plug. He's gagging. He's got these nasty, you know. And we manage that situation to this day. I don't know if I've ever laughed that hard. We just laughed. And laughed and laughed and laughed again. We need humor. <laughs> I needed something to cope, and I'll oh, tell you, laughter fit the bill. That is so
0: funny. I
2: actually learned something the other day that can ha- to help you handle those blowouts. So if, oh wow! If, ser- I know. I wish I would have known this when my kids were a lot smaller. By the way,
0: this is the Matt Townsend show, <laughs> right? <laughs> Teaching you how to handle the blowout.
2: But ser- the onesies, you know, that you yeah. put on the kids. Yeah. The, the reason that they have the fold and the the on the, the top the, the seams yeah. at the mm-hmm. top. So you can roll it down the body of the child.
0: Wow. Oh. Like a like, a, like you know, a churro.
2: Exactly.
5: <laughs> like, like a little burrito, you're on yeah, But you
2: can take it off that way. You don't have to worry about yeah. dealing with the it mess over. of the yeah.
5: Yes. <laughs> always go I down. Wish I would have never known that. never go up. I know. You always take things yes. down off yes. the bottom. Mm.
0: So I'm sorry to interrupt, but
5: but there you go. Look at the look at the tips. There.
0: But see, I, I personally think it's the onesies' fault.
5: It, it kind of is that whoever invented snap, the onesie. I know
0: you can't even snap it anyway.
5: <laughs> it does keep them a little warmer though.
0: Oh, it does. But yeah.
5: we need heat. we, yeah, need, we do. You got to laugh. You know, and I think of other times. There was this time where my husband and I, the the hose to the fridge to the water in the fridge yeah. wasn't working. Fridge and so, hose. Yeah, he's down in the basement trying to fix the pipe, and he calls me down and needs help. And the request is simply to just hold something on the pipe right here. Well, that only lasted about two seconds. And just like in the movies or a cartoon, a fire hose of water shot straight into our face. Just <laughs> I'm I'm inches away from this pipe. And again, new situations. But we looked at each other and the thought was, OK, we can be I can be really irritated. Yeah, yeah. Or we can just really laugh that we are in the basement. It is now flooding, yeah. and we are we're d- drenched trying to stop this water. You know,
0: or you could just turn the water off. Well, to the pipe. Right. <laughs> I'm just saying.
5: We had to test it, so okay. it had to be on to yeah. test what was happening. I, I know a, a lot one. about plumbing.
0: I don't know a lot about <laughs> electricity, and but yeah.
5: But plumbing. we we need humor. It's all true. Those are our those are our everyday and situations. And if you if you
0: can make that moment right, if you can save it with humor. You have created a memory that Absolutely. will last forever.
5: That bonds us, right? Mm-hmm. I think about those things all the time. I think about those times when things were difficult or when they were hard or when they were frustrating and when we used humor to work through it. Yeah. Those create bonds between my husband and I, between our children, that we rely on. We I fall love, back on. That's it. so true. So we've got to have those things. That's right. We've got to have them. Now when we talk about our kids and we talk about the need for them to learn these principles. We have to realize that we've got to teach our kids the difference between laughing at someone and laughing with someone. And these questions, these are the questions we're going to ask ourselves or have our children ask so that they know if they're laughing at someone okay. or with someone, right? Because
0: sometimes my kids will say, I, I I was laughing with him, but he didn't get the joke.
5: Exactly. Or, But they weren't laughing too. And yeah. so you're so, like...
0: Okay, you're right here.
5: Right. It's exactly <laughs> right. So now these questions apply for us too when we're in our family setting and we decide to make jokes or be funny. Think about these questions and it will help us decide, do I continue on this path or not? The first one is simply, did they share? If the other person shared the story or the picture or the photo of them there's probably a really good chance they don't mind everyone laughing. Yeah, right. Because they brought it up, right? Yeah. We also want to see if they're laughing. If they brought it up and they're laughing about it, then we can all probably laugh about yeah. it, right? If it comes up and they're not laughing and it's about them, we probably shouldn't laugh. Or they be laughing quit either. laughing. Right.
0: And We've that's the, the problem.
5: We go too far oftentimes. Yeah. They'll bring it up as humor, especially in a family setting, and then we all of a sudden – carry it and magnify it and gets bigger and now we look at that person and they're back in the corner going oh i didn't really want it to go this far now you're making fun of me see
0: they're the canary in the mine okay that's how you know if the mine is safe is you watch them and if if they're not laughing
5: shush then stop quiet shut it down yep no good that's good we also can, can ask ourselves how would we feel if this same thing happened to us, the story, the photo, whatever, whatever it might be, would we be laughing? How would we feel about it? Yeah. Would we want it shared? When we, again, that empathy that we talk about yeah. in family situations, if we're empathic and we put ourselves in their shoes, we can know I want this to continue or I don't want it to
0: continue. And be careful because like, I, I can handle – I have a really high threshold sure. of what I'm willing to talk
5: about. Right, right.
0: But my family's not – they not they have the a same. really low threshold. So I've kind of learned – it's usually because my wife just is like, shut it.
5: Yeah, I don't want – don't talk about too that. Too far, too far. Right, shut too it. far. Yeah. So you and you – I've know, just learned and you know at home you can kind of be a certain way yeah. and share mm-hmm. where maybe in a public setting when you're talking about yourself to a group of people you're speaking to you can let it go you know let it go a little bit more yeah. so we ask ourselves how would we feel we also need to especially with our children have them decide if this is different than bullying you know bullying shames people it humiliates them it hurts their feelings Using humor the wrong way makes us feel the exact same way.
0: You could become a bully.
5: Absolutely. And we don't mean to. We think we're being funny or the comedian on the playground. But all of a sudden our kids turn into the bully because they're pointing out those things that shame or humiliate. So it's just another really good question to ask. Really basic when we're trying to teach our kids. And the last thing we can have them look at is asking them if they can turn the situation around. And what I mean by this is... Taking a step back and saying, has this ever happened to me? And if it has, can I share so that now I can relate to this Mm. person? By helping them know that they're not alone, they're no longer shamed or humiliated. Now it's this common. We can laugh at it because it happens to all of us. And so if we can get our kids and our family members to kind of ask those questions, it will help them use humor correctly Mm -hmm. instead of hurtful.
0: See, we have a child. I won't name names.
5: (laughs) There's only five of them. But he's
0: he just gets except in their them. the other kid's face and it's he doesn't he's he's crossing the line. Right. And everyone knows he's crossing the line right. except apparently
5: him. Sure. Sure.
0: So then it's like okay and somebody's got to rein him in. But right. he's missing the point. The the ch- the other child is now screaming.
5: Sure. It's not fun anymore. It's not. And so they can ask those questions and really see, okay, should I continue with this or is it being hurtful? And they can decide. Now, like we talked about, we tend to think that we're born funny or not. You know, I think about in our family, I have two younger brothers and they're both funny in different ways, but one, one is always funny. He just, he's just the funny one. Now, yes, we're born with some of that in us, but we can teach it. Oh yeah. So instead of thinking, oh, we can't be funny or our family isn't funny, We can teach our children to understand humor and then to use it. And so we want to make sure we do that. Now, humor is what makes something funny. But a sense of humor is our ability to recognize it. Oh, cool. And that's what we want to teach. We want to teach our children to recognize what's funny to have a sense of humor and kind
0: of appropriately funny like that is that's just funny right there that's funny
5: right and to understand that and see that so it's the recognition that we're trying to build in our family members and in our children there's funny all around us people are going to laugh at things we might not think are funny but developing in them the ability to recognize and this is a great thing because it's where families can use their rules and their yeah. boundaries and their belief systems and their religion and all of that creates boundaries that encompass our family humor
0: there you go and then it's a safer
5: it's exactly space. right and it it helps them to know how and when they can do and laugh and be yeah so that's really important
0: Hadge. you did it again
5: Good stuff. We got. We need to be funnier. Is funnier you, a word. More sure. funny. We need we, to be more funny. We
0: need to just laugh. Laugh more. We need to get it out of us.
5: Two hundred times a day. That should. Let's shoot for a hundred. You
0: know what? Let's try it. And it, it, I wonder if a fake laugh's just as good.
5: Maybe you fake it till you make it.
0: I think. I think because fake laughs. If a smile makes you happy. Sure. A fake. James fake laughs through the whole show. <laughs> Have you noticed that?
5: Yeah, I watch him over He's there. He's he faker, laugher. <laughs>
0: Nobody <laughs>, laughs in a more fake way than James. No <laughs> um, offense, James.
5: But we have to be None good role them. models. Yeah. yeah. We, have to, we have to let our guard down and laugh and be funny and our kids will follow suit.
0: Well done. We've been soaking in it. Soaking in it. Hadge. Heather Ann Johnson. Go to her website, familyvolley.com or tweet her at penandpapergirl.com. You might want to get your Twitter handle to be similar to your Facebook or your See, website. All
5: that happened so long ago. You can't, it's hard to make changes like that. I'm with you. You don't know that stuff when you're like at the beginning of no, the I, I totally yeah. agree. Totally agree.
0: Yeah. You never know. That's why my Pinterest title is Bloggerama. Bloggerama. <laughs> <I>
5: know right <laughs> where to find you.
0: Yeah. Bloggerama. <laughs> uh, we're going to come back. Uh, our own James Birdzall, Mr. Fake Laugher. Just to pity me, is going to do a recap of the show. We're out of here, my friends. This is it. One more segment. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. The last segment, we call it uh, the wrap-up. Who better to wrap it up than James Birdsall? He's in the house. He's been sitting here sleepily laughing at everything we say. Still here with us, Heather Ann Johnson from FamilyVolley.com. Alyssa's in the house.
5: It's a full Sean's house. over there
0: uh, playing video games. What's he doing?
1: Can't see. James Birdzall. How does one sleepily laugh, by the way? (laughs) 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 Just like that. I've been doing that the entire show. It's weird.
4: Oh, so rude. (laughs)
1: That's it.
0: That's it. (laughs) What was the kiss? I didn't get the kiss. That was smacking my lips. Oh, it was lip smacking. Um, uh, James is going to wrap up the show. Uh, James... Just to take a second, is in love. I am.
5: It's a good place to be. He's yeah. got
0: a friend named Molokai. <laughs> it's also <laughs> a volcano oh, yeah. in yes. the Hawaiian Islands. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he, he will never tell me her name, but it starts with an M, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Is, I,
5: is she in love too?
0: I believe so. Oh, good. Weird thing uh, with someone else.
5: <laughs> <laughs> but not with you.
0: It is the weirdest thing because uh, she called me and she's like, what am I supposed to do?
5: (laughs) So what advice did you give her?
0: I said, fake it. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) I said, I got that from Heather Ann Johnson from familyvolley.com and don't pull your hammies. So James, uh, wrap up the show. Recap. What did you learn? Yeah, well, I have to sit in the studio
1: every day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Let's just change our, our verbiage. Get to you. Get to you. Are I have afforded the, the, the honor, blessing. Yes. We go. Yeah. Of having to sit here. <laughs> oh, but you, oh, you
0: lost it. You you are afforded the opportunity to be blessed with the
1: opportunity to sit here and partake and partake of the wisdom, of the knowledge that is poured upon me, and I take. that. Yeah. that's great. What yeah. did you learn today? Well, it's great. It's great how multifaceted that humor is. You know that it's it's intellectual. It's engaging. It creates bonds, you know, and then there's like kind of the dark side of it, too, you know, that can destroy bonds yeah, as well. Yeah, you could destroy people. Yeah, but um, one of the things <laughs> I really like that uh, Dr. Scott Weems was talking about is that humor can be used to uh, present conflict in a different way. Yeah. You know, that we can deal with conflict with humor. Huh. And uh, we, we talk about on other shows about, like, like fear, you know, that that when we use... Humor to address fear, that, that helps us to, to deal with it, you know, and instead of just ignoring it. So I thought that was a really That's interesting, really cool. yeah, yeah, interesting I agree. concept that, that you can use humor as a tool for, yeah. for that.
0: see, yeah, instead of – I mean some people use it to just avoid conflict in life. But what if you used it to kind of create the bridge? Hmm. Uh, my son did a video with a, a family that were involved in a tragic um, like a ATV accident that killed the grandma and the grandpa that were driving and two grandchildren were in the backseat and they both had to be life flighted, oh air gosh. medded to the hospital. But as I watched him put together this video of this scenario, this whole story that they told, uh, it's interesting how much humor was a part of it, like how much humor was going on in the healing process, because mm-hmm. how else do you handle all that? But you just, so it, it is, it's it's a great tool to help us get through that. What else did you learn? Recapper.
1: Um, well, going to back to what um, Heather was talking about, um, I, I love the kind of evaluation of humor too, and laughing, and just asking yourself, "Is everyone laughing?" Yeah, you know, just because cause humor can be really damaging, especially to those um, who you love. You know, like yeah. Heather was saying that the people you're you're privy to a lot of information. Like I know a lot about you
0: exactly. That's why I watch you when I'm when we're laughing to see if you're laughing. Yeah. And, Which is and, why if you were awake, <laughs> it would help because then I would know that there's being offensive some mental activity are you with me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. But so you have a lot, a lot of ammunition, you know, that yeah. you could potentially use. And, and I think that's especially true. I think it's true between parents and kids, kids and, you know, and siblings. But, but I think the spousal relationship especially, yeah. you, you know, you should never – um, get in a situation where you're, you know, um, telling jokes at the expense of your spouse. Right. I totally agree. That's that's a dangerous situation. So I think that's a great question to ask. Is everyone laughing? And is everyone being able to positively yeah. participate? And how
0: many times, I mean, the kids are laughing a lot more mm-hmm. than the parents. Mm-hmm. I think if we just shifted the debt burden from the parents onto the children, <laughs> They'd laugh would, less. That, they would laugh a lot less. It's true. Or if well, you just want us to shift the laugh burden. To the
1: parents.
5: Right. We and, could laugh a lot more and then everybody could be happy.
0: And, we, and we'd and probably handle our debt better.
5: Right. Very probably good. Would.
1: Very good. What else, James? Well, I love um, going back to the kind of the intellectual engaging part. I thought it was interesting when uh, Dr. Weems was talking about how um, students actually score better on tests yes. when teachers when use laughing. humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
0: My daughter takes Hadges' class, loves it, thinks she's the queen of we laugh Cyan. A lot. You do laugh a lot. Laugh.
5: You have to. And we then it sticks
0: lot. it in there, right? Yeah,
5: they remember. They remember that stuff.
0: She says it's like, and you've got a lot of great stories.
5: We tell a lot of stories. They help you remember too.
0: And they're always about your husband, which is so weird.
5: And me. The really? two of us. It's usually, I'm usually the one. It's about
0: fault. you. It's like self-deprecating.
5: No, it's more I've messed up and what I've learned. Really? Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, but that's very adult of you.
5: Hopefully. We try to be adults.
0: Yeah. <laughs> me as well. May as well.
5: Occasionally. Well, I do. I, I don't <laughs> know what they're trying to do. but.
0: Hatch, what did you learn? Anything special today? I mean, you, know, you don't have to learn it on the show.
5: Anything special yeah. today? I had to laugh at myself today. Why? Because I was getting ready and I may have potentially found a gray hair.
0: Wow, dun, dun, was it dun, on my head?
5: It, it wasn't. It was maybe on mine. I'm still questioning if it was gray. Oh no, or blonde. it's gray. I
0: can see it right there. <laughs> it not, it's right there.
5: It's not there anymore. I took it out in case it was gray. <laughs> you
0: took your, you pulled your hair out. Are you serious? So
5: I learned that I might be aging.
0: <laughs> Holy cow!
5: I I'm not sure yet, but I had to use humor. I yeah. I really I had to laugh at myself in the mirror. At first, it was a little bit shocking if it was not blonde.
0: We had one. You had one gray hair.
5: One. And, and I laughed. I had to laugh, wow. and I didn't tell anyone except right now on this radio. Station. Heather,
0: if you could see my back, Heather,
5: <laughs> my husband walked in. He's like, "Why are you laughing?" Oh, no reason. No reason. At no reason. At all. No reason. What's I'll that just, gray
0: hair doing right I'll there? I'll
5: just pretend for a bit and, and hope there's no more. Oh, so I don't man. know if that's something I learned. Except again, I learned that humor—you laugh about it—helps us deal with things. Laugh all sure the way does. to the store. Get all... your hair dyed. I've never done that. It scares me a little bit.
0: You know what? It's easier to pull them out. It. <laughs> Ask Sean.
5: I'm afraid, I'm afraid if I did that, it would never return to its original color. It wouldn't. So I. it scares me. It's going to keep coming back. You, have you ever dyed your hair? No. <laughs> I haven't. There was way too much hesitation. <laughs> I haven't. I'm, I'm like, going to have to I, ask I, I was your about daughter. To say,
0: are we starting this discussion? Am I going to start talking about. No, I don't dye my hair. That's why it's gray.
5: <laughs> I'm going to ask your daughter and see what she says. She'll, she'll agree.
0: She would know. But she'll say no. <laughs> But if you look at it, it's, it's gray. And my sisters are like, you've got gray hair. There you go. And I'm like, well, you're a jerk. <laughs> that's how things how getting started.
5: That's awesome.
0: Heather, we appreciate you. Go to our website, familyvolley.com. Well done, my friend Jaime.
1: Oh, it's a pleasure. Every single day.
0: And tell Molokini, <laughs> hey. Okay. We I miss her. <laughs> and we're
1: excited to go to the wedding.
0: Here's a quote for you from Ann Wilson. I realize that humor isn't for everyone. It's only for people who want to have fun, enjoy life, and feel alive. Eh, So good. Hey, tomorrow on the show, BYU professor Ben Gibbs will be here to talk about some new research into our extra social activities. Mm, Don't even know what it means. We'll be here tomorrow, folks. More fun, more great ideas to help you see the good in the world. We'll be back tomorrow. Hope to talk to you then.